just clicked on another amazing episode of Chad and Steve Have a Podcast. It's amazing because Chris Burton is with us again to talk about his fun and quirky videos, Legos, probably cats. We'll just have to see where it goes. His channel is called Half Asleep Chris, and it's easily the most charming channel on YouTube. Chris's videos pretty much always show up in YouTube's trending tab whenever he posts a video. I think they get like 5 billion views each. There was about uh, almost a year ago when we last chatted and now his channel has over 2 million subscribers and he's moved into a new home with a bit more much needed elbow room. Chris, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. What a flattering intro. I think I said this last time, but it's, it's weird hearing yourself spoken about. It's so um, lovely. Yeah. Hey, how are the cats doing? Ralph and Bella. Yeah, they're doing really well. Um, obviously, like you said, I've just moved house about a month and a half ago. Um, they settled in really quickly. It took about a day and then they were fine. Yeah. Which I was absolutely surprised by. Um, I don't really know how well it comes across in the videos, but Ralph is a complete wimp. Um, he's scared of everything. Um, half the time he loves you, half the time he thinks you're going to eat him. So he runs away and stuff. Um, so I was really surprised he settled in so quickly, but he loves it. Yeah, they're doing really well. Do your cats get fleas? Do they have fleas out there in England? Um, they've had them in the past. I think it's almost unavoidable. Um, yeah. But since being indoors, um, no. Our cats have been scratching, so we got them this advantage. You know, you put it on the back of their mm. neck. It's just a little thing. It's really a miracle kind of cure for fleas. But well, they've never had fleas. And then so just last night, we put this on their <laughs> necks and with cobra it just totally freaked the shit out of him i mean his he <laughs> it he, the smell of it i guess and he couldn't sleep he was up and running and just like it was like he went mental because of this thing he's a little bit calmed down now but i hate it when i do stuff like that because i feel like it's for your own good but i feel like you hate me now <laughs> i know it's like when you accidentally hurt one of them like kick them or something oh, complete by accident step they on them you do it yeah. on purpose yeah that stuff's um we do that, I think, every month, to be honest, I don't do it like Danielle does. Um, I think she does it every month or every two months anyway, as like a kind of um, deterrent. Um, but back when I used to have Tom as well, Ralph's brother, they'd lick it off each other. Um, and it was really annoying because um, obviously they put it on and completely not work. But Ralph and Bella, they, they get on, but they don't like each other. Um, so luckily they don't do that anymore. That was frustrating. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They don't care much for each other, do they? They never hang out or anything. Do they Do they fight or anything? Occasionally. Um, I think yeah. Ralph wants to. They they always tend to hang out in the same room, but like a safe distance from each other. That's all. I think it was the best I could have hoped for. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. How has the move been? What has the process been like for you? Uh, it's been good. It's just been manic with um, videos, just trying to actually... I, I barely upload at the best of times of so having a lot more work to do on the side. It's um, kind of made it a bit difficult. So a lot of the videos have been, a lot of the videos lately, the last, I'd say last three, haven't been, in my opinion, my best. They've been kind of not filler videos, but like not the most creative projects in the world kind of thing. Um, but I'm finally at the point now, I've got, I'm uploading a video, I think, I think it'll be up by the time this goes live, I think it'll be up tomorrow, um, about some foxes in my garden. Um, but then the next video is like the first to like renovate my uh, office and stuff. I'm trying to work it into videos to like justify giving myself time to do it. Um, so the next one, I'll, I'll tell you now, I'm building, I'm so excited about this. I'm building a Lego train around my ceiling. 
Um, like oh, I can't wait. About six, seven inches below the ceiling. And just yesterday, I had a uh, guy in who's drilled a couple of holes through uh, some internal brick walls. Um, so he can go like through a wardrobe as a tunnel and stuff. So my point is, I'm, I'm incorporating the, the, the actual house side of the work into the videos, which is uh, really cool to see. And it's really good because it's like a cheap thing. It means I get to actually work on the house as well. Yeah. For those of you who are just listening, perhaps you didn't see the size of Chris's smile when he said that. <laughs> this was actually something you mentioned in the last podcast. Where you, you Did I what, train around the city? Your goal, we, uh, the question we usually ask people at the end is like, oh, what's what's next? Or like, what are your goals? Or what do you hope? And you were like, my North Star is kind of having a house to myself and more space to be able to do whatever and have an office with a Lego train going. Around. Did I say that? <laughs> so, <laughs> and then amazing. like through walls and stuff like that. You had the vision. And, yeah, and yeah. So unfortunately it can't, it's not going out into any other rooms, like into the hallway or anything, but like I've got an inbuilt uh, brick wardrobe, which kind of juts out. So it's going, it's only about, I'd say a meter or a meter and a half, but it goes in one side and out the other. But it's like proper, it was, uh, I think, eight, cent eight centimeter thick proper brick wall. Um, so I had to get a guy in. I didn't feel brave enough with like a, I think it's a 15 centimeter hole saw. I didn't feel brave enough because obviously they can, <laughs> they can snag and snatch, uh, snap your wrist, can't they? Um, yeah. yeah. So I got a professional. Yeah. Oh, they definitely will. That's a get, yeah. out of, get out of control there. Right, careful. Is yeah. it difficult? Does it pose problems filming that train up near the ceiling? Uh, to be honest, I've, I've not really started. Um all I did was I've just painted the room and got the the hole drilled. Um, so I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. Um, obviously, really the train... Tall, tall tripod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the point. When I've done videos in the past, I did one a few months ago with a... Uh, like a marble run which fed my cat. That, doesn't make that was really yeah. cool, by the way. Oh, thank you. But yeah, some of that was near the ceiling. Um, and I was trying mm. to hold like my hand, the phone, I film on my phone, holding that above my head, um, doing it. It was really wobbly. That was a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, I'm dreading that now. Um, obviously, <laughs> it's going to have like a first person camera on the train. Um, it's, yeah. I think it's going to be a bit more of a difficult video because I'd imagine a loop is going to take about 45 seconds. So it's going to be difficult trying to have permanent obstacles that will be interesting um right. I'll, I'll manage something but yeah it'll be cool um, as you can tell i'm very excited for it is it a challenge to be moving and to be shooting content and to be finding time for yourself and to doing stuff and to stuff and to whatever does it ever get crazy overwhelming what do you do to like balance anything out um yeah it gets quite overwhelming um Particularly this time of year, obviously, I'm trying to get more videos out for sponsors. I've, I've taken on far too much work. Um, but the thing, it used to be when I used to work, I used to work in a travel money bureau. But um, when I did that, it was all in all my free time, I'd make videos. And that was kind of my escape or something. Um, and to a degree, it still is. Um, but I find having some kind of deadline just kills all the joy or creativity. Um, but currently, the, the escape is still building Lego. Um, so it's very nice. Like in my last video, I think my last one was, uh, building the 10 biggest Lego sets. And obviously for much of that, I've got like a camera mounted up, up, um, filming like a top down of my hands in time-lapse, but I'm just watching something on Netflix. Um, so it's quite nice being able to do something like that. Um, which I'm sure at some point is, is going to happen. I will get sick of Lego, but currently I'm very thankful that I'm not. And it's really enjoyable way to kind of relax. Are they sponsoring these videos? Uh, no, uh, they sponsored one in the past. I think 
Yeah. I think before our last uh, podcast, um, they sponsored one. Um, I think they were more, it was quite nice. I didn't have to do like a formal ad read in that video. I didn't even have to say, go to this link or anything. Um, I think I think they were more commissioning video uh, video for their own socials with the added benefit of me getting to upload it. Um, right. yeah, nothing since, nothing since. The other sponsors that you work with, do they uh, do, do they allow you pretty much full creative freedom and it's just a matter of like an ad read, so therefore they don't really much worry about the content or how does how does that work? Um, yeah, I'm quite fortunate to be at a point where they do allow me complete uh, trust and creative freedom. Um, more and more sponsors, understandably, don't just want a, like a completely separate ad read, which people would skip over. They want it kind of integrated into the video. So I did one a few uh, months ago for a VPN. And in the video, I was building my cat Bella out of Lego, like a life-size statue of her. So um, I tried to make, th they want, th the sponsor, sorry, was in the middle of the video. So I had to try and make it engaging. So I was building her as the sponsor was going on with just like time lapses talking over the top. Um, and then I had shots of like Ralph dressed in a hoodie um, as like a hacker on a computer. And then shots of Bella watching uh, a pun version of Netflix with loads of cat movie titles. So I try and do it as engaging as possible. Um, I think that's what a lot of people want nowadays. Because I, I want it too, obviously. You've got to do... To a degree, everyone's got to do sponsors, um, but I don't want people to skip over it anyway. Um, the whole, sorry, I'm talking a lot. The whole idea of um, a sponsor seems so counterintuitive to what we put so much effort into doing in in terms of retention. So you want every second of the video to be geared towards keeping people watching. And if I've got a one or two minute chunk in the middle, which no one wants to watch, that's completely the opposite of what I'm trying to achieve. So it's in my interest, obviously, as well, to make it as engaging and natural as possible. And that's the kind of ultimate goal. Yeah, plus skipping just straight ad reads. It seems like I always miss a little bit of the actual content then because yeah, I skip yeah. a little bit too far or something. Even if it's a double tap, it's hard to get that exact. So. Yeah, people are missing a little bit of your stuff sometimes if they do that. Yeah, I have to give it up because you do the same thing with subcalls. You do subcalls brilliantly because you will do. I saw you do the uh, uh, the subscribe rug, and if uh, oh yeah, if yeah. cat sits on it, you have to subscribe. Yeah. It. it was a wonderful creative spin. And then I think in uh, I don't remember which video you literally just did a please consider subscribe. I think those were the actual words. Please consider subscribing. It was such a genuine, simple call to action. But how much do you kind of pay attention to those types of things? Um, I never used to do them. I still, uh, to a degree, hate doing them. But back when I think I had a, a hundred, sorry, under a hundred thousand subscribers at the time, but I had a meeting with someone from YouTube. Um, it's back when the YouTube space in London was still around. And they they said, as silly as it sounds, asking people to subscribe subscribe really makes a meaningful difference. Um, it works. You really have to do it um, as much as people hate hearing it. So then the please consider subscribing thing, I did completely rip off from Mark Rober. He has that at the um, end of his videos. His uh, More his kind of style of project rather than kind of science or anything. It's always been a big inspiration on particularly how my channel's kind of turned out now. Um, but with that one you're on about where I say, let's make a deal. If Ralph sits on this subscribe button, you've got to subscribe. Um, believe it or not, that, that did really well. It got me like three times the amount of subscribers as I'd expect from that view. Uh, as, sorry, as I'd expect from that number of views. 
Um, so I think turning it into some kind of an interactive thing uh, works. I did in the video after that, I can't remember what the video was, but I did something as well. Um, like if let's make a deal, if this happens, you've got to subscribe. Um, and that worked really well as well, but I've completely forgot to do it since. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're, you craft your videos in such a way that you can't post weekly content. These things mm. take a long time. So you're, well, you're about average about once a month or so. You have Seems like, about, yeah, a, once every month, once every five or six weeks sometimes. But yeah. see, I think that I'm kind of beginning to think that this helps a channel, at least maybe in certain ways. And I've noticed when I post fewer videos that when people do watch them, you get kind of more engaged people watching them and they're watching them because it's more event-like in a way yeah. that when you start churning out videos, then it just becomes more commonplace. I know for myself, I watch all your videos because every time oh. I see half asleep Chris show up in my feed, I'm like, oh, it's a new video. I got to see it. And they're, they're always perfectly entertaining too. I, I also, I want to, I want to ask you though about the thing you were saying about shooting with your phone. So you, yeah. you still only shoot with your phone. Is that right? Um, for, I, I've usually, I do all the stop motion on my phone and always have, um, but a lot of the regular footage I do with, um, a little kind of Canon point and shoot. Um, I've never had like a big, I, I'm almost a bit of a technophobe in that regard. Um, but yeah, doing it more and more with my phone, it's so easy. Um, cause it, it sounds silly, but there are so many, the whole point in my mind, the whole point of the camera is to be a tool, which is as un in the way as possible. Um, and doesn't at all infringe on your kind of, uh, momentum or creativity or sudden urge to film something. Um, and even with the camera, there's this whole process of taking the SD card out, putting it into the computer, um, unloading the footage and stuff with my phone i can just airdrop it which seems to be instant um and it's so easy to get stuff from that into my computer as well as obviously filming on it in the first place the only things the only problems i have with the phone are lack of zoom um which doesn't hugely affect a lot of the videos i do um but also i, I find the audio quality is not great um which we might i think we might have touched on this last time about having the difference between the the kind of polished uh, narrated audio and then the crappy uh, camera one. So it kind of works to that, but even still, it's a bit crappy for that. Um, but yeah, definitely in, I reckon, a few kind of generations time, I think the phones will be really good. Is it still an iPhone that you use? Yeah, I've got an iPhone, I think it's a 13 plus or something at the moment. Um, yeah, that whole Lego video I just did, that was, I think that was entirely my phone. Um, it might be as well that I don't really know how to work my camera um, with like white balance and colors, but then with your phone, it kind of is trying to, it's like idiot proof. It tries to do it all for you. So it's, it's much more accessible even to me. Um, but yeah, it's just so easy using my phone. It's so quick. When you're shooting those time lapses, do you shoot the entire process? Or are you just picking out moments that you think, okay, this would be a good spot to shoot for you mean building a with Lego, the Lego? Yeah. Um, it generally, I try not to, it, it was a challenge. I've done two big Lego videos. One was building 100 sets and one was building the 10 biggest sets. And it's been a challenge to keep them interesting throughout. Um, yeah. So I try and do a mix of uh, time lapses, stop motion. And then like in this most recent one, I did uh, something I call musical building where you've got like- Love it. it that, that takes a while. But uh, 
So I, I, I think, okay, well, I've done this bit stop motion. I'll do this next bit time lapse. I'll do this next bit musical or something. Um, but building those big sets, they generally take about two days each. And particularly when I've got, um, I, I've got a camera filming top down on, onto my hands and a table doing it. I've got to make a conscious effort to lean back. So I'm not myself getting in the shot. Um, so <laughs> it sounds your head silly. in all those shots. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and it sounds silly, but doing that for an hour or two, you get really stiff, you get really sore. Um, so that again is a consideration when it decides what, st- what shots to kind of cut to and stuff. I generally film a bit, then make a, f- make a bit for another hour or two without filming and then do that. Um, but the hope is just kind of build up enough footage so that I've covered all bases. Yeah. What took the, what took the longest? Was it the Titanic one that took the longest to make? Um, yeah, I did a lot of that, uh, musical building thing for, I think the whole Titanic was built in that way. Um, yeah. and that took a long time. Um, I think it should have taken about two days, but it took me three days with all the filming yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I think that's what I noticed most about that video is that, and this is why you're getting millions of views on these things, is because you're able to document and show something in such a way that you would think would be kind of dull to watch. I mean, building a Lego set, what can yeah. you do with it? But man, you managed to make building 10 Lego sets really fast, well-paced, and it didn't get monotonous. A real interesting way of, of shooting. I, I commend you for that. And the music, and you bring in your musical background into it too. Oh yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's difficult, like I say, building a Lego set. You get a lot of YouTubers who, when a Lego set comes out, they review it. Um, and generally it's not, stretching something like that out for 10 minutes isn't the most entertaining thing to watch. Um, so it is a challenge trying to do everything, uh, keep it visually interesting and kind of interesting to watch in general. Um, so I try and every set have like a different colored background. So it's kind of visually distinct, um, but then also just try and break it up with how much time I spend on things or yeah, each each build is broken down to only kind of 15 or 20 seconds. Any more of that and you wouldn't want to watch it. On your YouTube channel, the description says uh, stop motion storytelling meets vlogging, I guess. And I appreciate that that might have been written a long time ago. We are all guilty (laughs) of writing that and never thinking about the about the about part of our YouTube channel. However, do you think that still is accurate for like what a North Star is for your type of video or like the type of video that would be on the Half Asleep Chris channel? um sort of i don't think there's any vlogging anymore um but it used to be a lot of kind of insecurities between uh to do with being a youtuber i, I still don't like the word youtuber obviously it's a diverse platform with lots of things and you think on tv you've got stuff from really bad reality television up to like world-class tv programs and stuff um but youtubers all seem to get lumped into the same category so i think i wanted to try and uh almost pretentiously put something which said to people, oh, that's not me. I'm not making daily vlogs or anything. Um, but now the videos, I think the best way to describe them would be just kind of a project of some form. Um, so I don't really, I used to do a lot of videos where I'd go somewhere and talk about a place, almost like in an educational style or about, there'd be educational videos about banknotes or stuff like that. But now they've got to be um a project so i'm building something or making something here's the end result at the end and it works as well for retention you've got the kind of build up with the payoff at the end to keep people watching um so yeah i might change that i might not i probably won't um but yeah yeah, yeah. 
it's best not to change it at this point. <laughs> just leave it exactly as it is our family spent like the past uh the last night we spent like an hour uh watching your content and my four-year-old you... i think you're probably my four-year-old's favorite oh, yeah. youtube channel well you speak to her it, i mean the reason why i have lego behind me um, is because uh, she is just getting into Lego. She loves cats. So therefore your channel kind of represents the best of everything. Plus you have, it's wonderfully safe. I know I can just leave it on autoplay and she can enjoy all of the videos and just constantly go, uh, so cute. Every <laughs> 45 seconds or so. And when you, were on the, when you were on the podcast last, you mentioned that you clearly do not make your videos for like a younger audience. However, I think at this point, it's probably safe to say that it's a very important component of your audience, or at least the yeah. component as far as the culture of what your channel is and the community that you're building over there. Do you now think of it slightly differently or do you kind of lean into that a bit more or is it? Um, I, I don't think so. Still, the channel is, uh, I think it's harder to kind of almost justify now it's so much to do with Lego because a lot of people, it's inherently a kid's toy. Um, so I'm just playing with toys and it's easy to kind of think that would be aimed at kids. Um, but it's more just my own kind of obsessions or interests, um, which like with, with Legos, uh, in particular, it's, it's easy to film because it's so, uh, it's recognizable. It's so colorful. It kind of really easily lends itself to stop motion and kind of playfulness that it's really rewarding and visually interesting to film. Um, but no, I, I still don't dumb anything down. Um, it seems like you do lean into uh, the child viewers, though children watching it, with the, you can you find can you find these three objects throughout oh, the video yeah, yeah. and these type of things that yeah the the engagement factors that's yeah. that can you uh, find thing I feel like I've discovered a YouTube cheat code with that um, I get triple <laughs> yes. the amount of comments I normally do triple um, it's uh -huh. utterly ridiculous the amount of comments that gets. Um, I'm worried everyone's going to kind of catch on and start copying that. Um, I mean, it it's just comes from like, where's Wally books or stuff like that. It's not kind of unique for me, but I feel like I've stumbled upon something there, um, which is like a game changer. Yeah. Well, luckily we That's can talk about is. it here on the podcast because no one listens to this podcast. <laughs> so everything that you say here is, <laughs> is safely going to be within this. Uh, but do you, you pay attention to viewer, uh, viewer retention? And a follow-up question, is the uh, hide-and-seek cat video the highest retention that you have on a video oh that's ridiculous that video yeah that did really well um i don't often look at retention um when when a video is new it, it still shows you it like highlights your most recent video and it shows you kind of points on that so i keep an eye on that obviously for about a month between uploads but then i kind of forget um but yeah that video that honestly i know it's like a, it sounds like such a childish video hide and seek with my cats it's one of my favorite videos i've ever made i got to be so that was so much fun um coming up with all the ideas like i had a i had a i think about 50 or 25 cardboard cutouts of one of my cats made i had a blanket um uh, made with just her printed all over that i covered an entire room with black fluff um and superimposed my cat i think eight times in it as well as me hiding in it as well in a gorilla um, suit that was yeah really good that video <laughs> for retention yeah that kept people watching that was really good i was worried because some of them i i say this one's difficult so here's 15 seconds so basically you've got a still image on screen for 15 seconds non-stop so i was really worried about that um because i try and keep them quite not in your face fast but quite moving and 
fluid and stuff. But um, yeah, that video, it's done really well. I think it's on about 10 million views. Yeah, bonkers. It's remarkable. <laughs> is it just me or says, do you think that Lego, and I'm not really in the whole Lego world as much as when my son was little and we had billions of Legos. Well, actually we still do, they're stored away. But do you think Lego has kind of shifted its focus to not shifted, but included a much more adult buyer now. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, just going to, we went to the Lego store a couple months ago in Anaheim and wow, those sets are not for children at all. Mm. And they have like these architectural sets and you, you can you can build a Taj Mahal or whatever. And so I think that my guess is that that's very intentional, maybe starting upon some playing on some nostalgia people have as being kids, but now they still want to play with Legos and build with them. But wow, talk about expanding your market in a huge way. <laughs> it's got to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think like a lot of people, myself included, really got into Lego during the lockdowns. Um, oh. And I think obviously some of these big sets, like some of the Star Wars sets, they're like 750 pounds. Um, that must be like bordering on a thousand dollars. So they're not for kids. Obviously, I think they know where the money is, who they market to and stuff. Um, but yeah, you can always tell they, they have age ratings on the box. So a lot of them are like 18 plus. And obviously they're not rude or uh, anything like that. They're purely, they don't want kids to think it's for them. They want to get adults into it. And you look on their website as well and they'll always have a picture of the product being built by someone. And that can always tell you who it's aimed at because, um, yeah, quite a lot. They You say about nostalgia and stuff, they're bringing out a lot of sets like they built, uh, I can't remember what it's called. There's an old games console they recently re released. Um, oh, yeah, I saw that too. I saw that. It was like the NES or something. Yeah. And, and that they have like sets with like the Friends TV yeah. show, you know. And I think also some of these, one of the things Lego does is they take like, Requ they're not requests, but you can submit your idea yeah, yeah. online. And I guess they actually make these sets. If it's, it's, it's called Lego Ideas. Um, and how it works is you submit your set um, and it's got to get 10,000 votes by the public. Um, and obviously, all you've got to do is log in and vote. It doesn't cost anything. Or anything oh, you've like got to do this. You I might do, do at some point. Um, but once, once it gets 10,000 votes, they get generally, I think this year they had about 35 that hit that threshold. Then those ones go to a team of Lego reviewers and they pick about three or four a year to actually get made. So they, they do kind of uh, tweak it themselves. But, yeah. um, and I think then oh, you've you got to do this. 10,000, you could easily do that. You've got yeah, yeah. 2 million people watching a video, you know. <laughs> well, a lot of YouTubers have. Um, and the trouble is you've got to make something that Lego actually want to make that has broad enough oh, yeah. appeal that most likely isn't based on like a TV show or movie because they might not get licensing for that. Right, it's, it's quite right. difficult finding that sweet spot. Um, but I believe, I might be wrong on this, but I believe you also get 1% of the profits for it, which wow. I, I don't know how many they sell, but that must be like that's seven nice. figures, that's, I'd imagine. Do you have any idea what you would money. like to do? Um, no. I, I've always <laughs> wanted to do like a nice uh, pizzeria, but there's a rumored set coming out early next year which is rumored to be a pizzeria um i oh. thought that'd be cool i love pizza um i don't know there's one there's one a wallace and gromit one at the moment which has got like yeah. nine thousand one hundred votes um wow. and i saw they recently posted it on their youtube community tab and it i think it went up like two or three hundred votes um i'm tempted to post it on mine to kind of ensure it at least goes forward to lego that would be fine because that would be one of my dreams I was... anyway <laughs> 
I was surprised watching your recent video that they have micro figures now. Is that something mm. new? Because I'm familiar with mini figures, but these yeah. were the smaller scale ones. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I'm not enough of a Lego nerd to know if they're new or what. Yeah. But um, a lot of the, particularly a lot of the bigger sets, they tend to be architecture or existing things like the Taj Mahal or the uh, Real Madrid Stadium or the Titanic. And obviously stuff like that, they can't build in mini figures. The mini figures would be like yeah. Godzilla, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but they're really cool, those little things. Um, huh. Although some of them are kind of frustratingly, you wish, because obviously with this, uh, one of the ones I built in that uh, video was a Lego Hogwarts castle, and that's in micro figure scale. But you do think with the amount of kind of adults watching or building Lego and the amount of money some of the sets cost, I just want them to come out with like a five or 10 grand set, um, which is like the size of an entire room which is in minifigure scale. I think that'll be really cool. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. I have a gripe with Lego, and I'm going to use this <laughs> yeah. platform to talk about it. And I'd love to hear your opinion. Get it off your chest. Or yeah. maybe it's just me because I'm not too bright. <laughs> this uh, here, and for those of you who are listening, I apologize. But this here was a, a gift, the first Lego gift that my daughter got. It was probably what is a pretty common small Lego you know, collection. Is it a for, swing? It, it's a swing. It's a banana. It's like a jungle theme and it actually oh, okay. swings. Oh, I and there's see. two characters. It's great. It's wonderful. It was her introduction to Lego and she loves it. However, it's kind of either that or a random concoction of pieces, which kind of build that, but that's about it. And this was the one from my childhood. I still yeah. have my old Lego. <laughs> and it's just, it was just the blocks, blocks of different sizes and different colors. And as much as there were fancy things like windows and a few other little pieces, for the most part, you could buy Lego as like, here's a selection of blocks and whatnot. It's really hard because when you go to Walmart or Target or wherever, all of the things are sold and just like, here's the, the friend set, here's yeah, the yeah. Star Wars kit. And it's hard just to be like, here's a multicolor block kit where you could build a that's tower fun, the reason yeah. why it's a yeah. tower is because that's what you build with blocks. <laughs> that's it <laughs> but that's what she wanted to build and as much as she, like she looks at this and she doesn't want to take it apart now because it's like now it it's functioning as it should so and i get i should be figuring out how to creatively do this but it's frustrating because you can't just buy blocks oh, absolutely uh, and the um, brand i i've almost got two responses to that the first one is for me as using lego as like a escape what i like about it is uh, in one way, the lack of creativity. Um, I don't have to think. <laughs> it's like watching TV. I just have to follow instructions, build a set exactly the same way as millions of other people have built it. There's nothing creative in it. Um, so I like that side of it. But then on the other side, you can buy just bricks on their own. You can buy, like I've got a couple of um, giant Lego bricks, which are like storage tubs, and you buy them and they come full of bricks of different colors. So those sets are really good for building kind of what you want. Um, but then also recently, not re not recently for me, um, I've discovered they have a section on their website called Pick a Brick, which is mm. where you order exactly what bricks you want in what quantities you want. Oh, wow. um, so I've gone a bit overboard with that lately. Because a lot of my Lego videos, I feel are quite lazy and uncreative in that I'm like building 100 Lego sets or building the 10 biggest. There's no kind of creativity on my part. It's almost like a, a cheap... Um, lousy video uh just that i know is going to get viewed obviously i try and approach it the video itself in a creative way with the editing and stuff but i'm almost a bit embarrassed by those videos because i'm not really doing anything um but yes yeah, well so but the video is the product the video yeah is yeah you, and that's the what's the but i've got a few coming up um which are i've done some very large pick a brick orders 
I'm very excited for them. Really? Yeah. Which, you know, what what my son did, uh, what we did, I guess, because I would play with him, is that he would build these kits, the sets, and then after they would be around for a while, they would fall or whatever, they start to break. And then we just disassemble them and then slowly would accumulate bricks that way just yeah. from old sets that he would build. Because he would build lots of these sets. And so we ended up getting these uh, storage drawers, the hardware storage drawers, the small drawers had some big ones. We have like three big cabinets of these things filled with millions. And he sorted them all out with labels on them of tires and plants and, and studs and all the different names of all the different. Each one of those pieces has an actual name to it and what it's called. And it was it's and so when he kind of stopped playing with Lego, I just took big plastic wrap and wrapped up those big cabinets <laughs> and stored them away. I thought someday somebody he might want to revisit this thing, but it just it did kind of get to the point where he was like, I don't want to clean up the Legos anymore <laughs> because they were just all over the floor, and he just kind of liked to fool with things. I mean, that's <laughs> I feel like here nor there. like kind of building what you've said. I I have sacrificed many sets when I frantically need pieces for something I'm building. Um, yeah. Yeah, some nice sets, which I, I like and have built in previous videos. Uh, yeah, get sacrificed, definitely. definitely. Was it, what was the most boring one to make? Probably uh, like the single color one. Yeah, like the, the Colosseum was really boring. Oh, the Colosseum, um, right, yeah. Because it's mostly beige, and I think there are like 64 individual, like almost like pieces of a pie that you've got to make, which then, or segments, which then join together to make the circle. Um, that was really, that wasn't a fun one at all. The, the Titanic was surprisingly fun. Um, yeah. But like some, some I don't know if I'm going into too much detail here. Sometimes when you build Lego sets, uh, when you get them, they, they've numbered the bags, like one, two, three, four, to build in steps. But a lot sometimes you'll get a set and there'll be like eight bag ones and you've got to open them all out at once and it fills your table and it's completely overwhelming. But with the bigger sets, I found they, they only have one bag one and one bag two and they really break it down to make it kind of easy to mentally follow along and, uh, make it as undaunting as possible but um yeah i think a lot of the big sets generally are existing buildings and stuff which is really repetitive and not fun yeah do you do you do sets that you deliberately don't film or does everything do, do the two ever kind of like start to collide where it's like i i don't know how to do lego without filming it um i i to be honest it's, it's way more pleasurable doing it without filming it um, yeah. which is why a lot of the time you know those stop motion i do uh where it kind of goes and it the lego kind of come is built from nothing i film them backwards so i build the set and take it apart brick by brick uh, smart um, yeah. so that way if it's not a set i like the 100 lego sets video a lot of those sets i did i wasn't particularly fond of or they weren't like things i might have built anyway so obviously i got to build it without filming it i get to take it apart and then i get all the pieces to use and obviously, like you say, it's hard with one set having those pieces because they can only really be assembled to make that one thing. But when you've got 100 sets all taken apart, you've got a lot of pieces and a lot of options open then. Yeah. Do you have an endless amount of projects ahead of you? Like as in, do you have way too many projects, more so than what you actually need for your content flow right now? Yeah, um, I can only really focus on one project at a time. Otherwise I get kind of carried away, but I have a list. I have, I've started trying to get better at um, anticipating what's next so I can prepare for it. Like if it's something I need to buy a lot of stuff for, it might take two or three weeks for that to arrive. So I try and anticipate what the next one is and maybe have 
the stuff in the house for the next three or four videos. Um, but a lot of the time they change. I'll be like, I'll be making something and suddenly have a new idea and scrap it and start an entirely new video or something. Um, I find if I don't really want to make the video at that moment, it's not very good. Just to put into perspective, when you were here on the podcast last, it was December of 2021, and you had 135 million video views on your channel. Wow. Now uh, it's November of 2022, and it's 375 million. So over in less yeah. than a year, almost a quarter of a billion video yeah. views. Um, and not to harp too much on numbers, but the, there is a question at the end of this. Um, your highest viewed video has 22 million, which isn't remarkably high considering you have 375 million views. It's the spot in between like 5 million and 10 million that you have a remarkably large amount of videos. And also yeah. there's a cadence coming out that you're starting to get like the past couple of videos are like 10 million plus view videos. Yeah. All of that to say, is there a different type of pressure now when you're putting content together because you literally know you're basically producing some of the most watched content on the channel when you really just get down to the raw video views or does that not even come into play um there's not much pressure like uh in terms of the video i will still in terms of actually physically making the video obviously there's uh i feel like a responsibility to make sure it's a good video and it's engaging and the best i can make it but I've always felt that even back when I didn't have any subscribers, I wanted the video to be as good as possible. Um, the response, the the pressure really comes from now making sure the video idea is big enough to get those views. Because like, um, like I say, my last few videos of the whole process of moving house haven't been my best in my opinion. Like the one uh, building my cat Bella out of Lego. Um, I'd already the previous year built my cat Ralph out of Lego. So it didn't feel like I was covering any new ground. It felt to me like a really, obviously a lot of people had been requesting it, but it felt to me lazy. And I don't think that one's ever going to get 10 million views. Um, so I felt you feel a lot of pressure and almost uh, dejection, particularly putting out a video you know isn't going to do well. So I think the pressure really comes from trying to avoid that and trying to make sure the videos live up to what people expect. And in terms of, in terms of scale, particularly in terms of scale, do you give yourself do you give yourself a break to understand like there's a cadence and like you're, you're dealing with something which is like okay every so often I, I kind of know that this is going to be a thing. So mm. do you, are you worried? Are you thinking about the pace that you do? So you're allowing yourself insert videos or videos where you don't kind of have that same pressure then to build up to a video which does have that um, kind of not importance? really the benefit and again another benefit of doing it doing the videos so few and far between is that particularly in the final week before uploading a video, I'm uploading a video tomorrow, um, I believe. And this week has been absolutely manic. Um, I always underestimate how long the final stage is because I, I film and edit as I go so I can make sure I do the voiceover and then I make sure I film so it fits to that. And um, I make sure there are no parts of parts of voiceover that don't have footage because that gets really frustrating. Um, but then, so it's at the point now with this video where everything's filmed, it's roughly edited, like it's quite well edited, it's not polished, but I underestimate how long that will take. Um, so the, the final week is absolutely horrendous. Um, but then after that, the first week of the new one, I do really relax a lot. I take it easy um, and just kind of recharge. 
Um, What's the video you're posting tomorrow? So uh, I I befriended a fox in my garden. Um, it's a really friendly fox. I'm guessing maybe the previous owners of the house or neighbors feed it anyway, but it comes right up to you. I don't, I don't feed it by hand. You're not meant to, but it has no fear at all. Um, so I've built it a restaurant. Um, <laughs> basically, um, when I, when I first moved in, you know how it is, you've got a lot of rubbish. My bins, it didn't all fit in the bin. So I had some bins out, um, and this fox tore a bin bag open and got it all over my garden. Um, so I thought he's literally eating rubbish. So why not give him something better? So I got some like uh, proper nutritional fox food and every single night he comes, absolutely loves it. Um, so I decided to take that further and build like a proper restaurant. So it's um, I built this elaborate kind of set. It's got like floorboards and walls. It's got windows built in and curtains. It's got like a big sign. It's um, like those, you know, those big uh, silver cloches, I think they're called. They have at fancy restaurants, the little dome over the plate, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's got candles. Um, and then in the kind of in the build up leading up to that, I build something for birds and for squirrels. So for the birds, I built them a little doll's house bakery. Um, I spent a fortune on doll's house furniture. I think that's another rabbit hole I might end up going down. <laughs> as bizarre as it sounds, it's fascinating. Um, so I built them a little bakery where they land at a table, and it looks like a human bakery um, and stuff like that. And then with the squirrels, I built them a little market stall out of uh, like little bits of wood and popsicle sticks and stuff like that. Um, again, I'm, it's, it's, I'm, really, I'm really happy with the video because I've not released one that's not cats or Lego in over a year. So I deliberately, there's no cats and no Lego whatsoever in it. Um, but at the same time, I'm really nervous to see how it's going to perform. Do you think that a lot of your audience is becoming just like the lego audience we want lego just post a lego video yeah I th that's my worry um it's funny because i used to do lots of videos about banknotes and cats and people always wanted the cats one the cat ones um and the banknote ones would usually kind of flop but now it seems the other way around the cat videos aren't doing as well people are um almost a bit annoyed like where's the next lego video so the hope is just make projects of a big scale Sort of like um, people like Mark Rober or Mr. Beast, they're not kind of locked in something particular other than the scale and scope of the video. So that's kind of the aim. Um, do more projects on a huge, eccentric, over-the-top scale. Um, yeah, and hopefully this is with the Fox, like a fine dining restaurant. I want to hear your thoughts on this dollhouse furniture because yeah. we had this place near us called Dollhouses, Trains, and More. You'd love it. It yeah. sells all this dollhouse stuff, but it also and more? sells and more. <laughs> it had the and more. It had the uh, model train stuff, all the little figures and everything for that. And then it had like these Christmas sets, you know, the little villages and everything. Yeah. But that dollhouse furniture fascinated me. These little bitty... I mean, these are miniatures and you could have so much detail. You could buy like a, a, a little box of Raisin Bran cereal or something. And it looked exactly like the actual thing. And I don't know how, who, who makes these things, where they come from, but there's, there's a huge market in these little tiny miniatures. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I went to a, I had to drive about an hour to a little independent, um, Doll's house and trains shop. They seem to go hand and in hand. And more. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was in there about two or three hours. The guy was fascinating as well. He was obviously really interested in YouTube and I was really interested in all this stuff. But it sounds ridiculous, Doll's house furniture. 
Um, yeah. But honestly, it was amazing. There was so much to look at. And like you said, it's so detailed. Everything's so meticulously made. And I honestly, I'm going to be back there um, buying stuff. Like, because you can do some really cool forced perspective stuff with it. Um, or they build, they like commission dolls houses, dolls houses of your actual house. They'll come around and they'll see all the yeah. rooms and they'll build everything over like two or three months. So I'm sure I will be back. Uh, now I know it's there. That's like another thing that uh, <laughs> I will. Yeah, the furniture, they'll make it out of real wood and like real <laughs> walnut chairs. And it's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, it just, just so happened this shop had a train around the ceiling as well. Huh. Um, so I was talking to the guy about that. And um, yeah, yeah. Because obviously train around the ceiling is a thing. Um, it's Yeah, but it's just always been something I've wanted to do. Um, but yeah, yes. He, he seemed a bit um, upset that it was Lego and not uh, Hornby or like a proper train. But that's a whole the other HO world. scale. Yeah, yeah, I don't know anything about <laughs> any of that. Yeah. But yes, yeah, it's, it's utterly fascinating. I could have been in there all day looking at the stuff. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I love looking at those kind cool. of those big train setups. So they had one set up at this store and it was just amazing. You could mm -hmm. I could spend hours just looking at all the little details and all the little Amazing. What yeah. uh what percentage of a video's story comes out of editing or at least how much time do you spend in the editing stage of your videos? Uh, so it's it's very much intertwined. I do it as I go. Um so a lot of the time I'll do the voiceover but then as I film something I'd have to change the voiceover and I think, oh, that would be witty or cool if I said that or did it that way. So I go back and change it. Um, and it seems silly, but like almost as I'm doing something, I'm narrating it in my head. I'm like, and then I did this. Um, and it's almost, but then I think, oh, that's good. I've got to remember that. I've got to write that down. Um, but yes, I there isn't really a separate process. The only thing I do at the end in terms of like polishing editing, I kind of make sure everything's... Uh, timed well i like to edit stuff in in time with the music a lot of the time and not not just like um specific bits but the whole video so like the cuts on the shots are in time with beats and music and stuff like that so that takes time i make sure every every kind of sentence or phrase has breathing room because obviously a lot of the a lot of youtubers nowadays are going at breakneck speed um it's like a tiktok video but stretched out for 10 minutes and they're exhausting to watch so I, yeah, I want. I kind of wonder if some of them don't just speed it up slightly. Oh, they must. They must do. But they they give nothing any breathing room. So I try and make sure I do, even though I do edit very fast. Um, I'm getting faster and faster, particularly in terms of in terms of the actual video speed. Um, but yeah, then I add all like the sound effects, all the bells and whistles and stuff like that to really make it nice. Yeah. Do you enjoy the process of editing? Yeah, I really do. Um, that's probably my favorite bit of it. I I hate filming it just seems like obviously you'll know with woodworking is like a physical project it just gets so much in the way when you're filming it. you just want to crack on and do it but then you're right yeah I've got <laughs> exactly this angle and then i've got to do this again i didn't get enough sanding shots so i've now got to sand a scrap yeah. piece of wood and i just i run out of creative angles i'm like oh yeah. damn i'll yeah. just set up the yeah. camera again shooting down at what i'm doing and yeah, yeah. so uh, a lot of the time I editing is where it name. comes alive yeah absolutely yeah. and you can have yeah i try and be I think a lot of editing in particular is where a lot of YouTubers fall short. And I think particularly with big YouTubers where they don't edit it themselves. Yeah, so you can't can, have a, another editor for your... Yeah, I, I would never want one. But the idea is obviously I can film stuff knowing it will be edited in that particular way. Um, and I think that really helps kind of tie everything together and make it... Yeah, yeah. 
So the filming is the worst part, or is there a part worse? Yeah, than filming's filming? worse, absolutely. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. just like, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, because again, they're like the videos are fun projects. It's not like I'm sitting and talking to a camera or something. It's a fun project. I just want to do it and have fun and build something and make something. Um, but yeah, filming it is just so time consuming. It'd be great if I could do all these things and just not film them. But obviously, then you, no one would watch. I wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah. Do you get uh, Do you get recognized in public? Yeah, yeah. Um, I went to Legoland uh, recently. <laughs> I <laughs> bet, oh, man, I'm I bet you there was a couple yeah. people at Legoland, and that was uh, <laughs> like particularly like being stood in queues as well. When like oh. uh, you know, like how the queues kind of stay back, so there'll be someone who sees you and then you say hello, and then you walk away, but then you turn a corner and obviously you snake back and you'll buy them again. And, yeah, um, hi again. Yeah, that was that was quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, but okay. Occasionally, um, I try to avoid, I don't really go anywhere during uh, school or uh, like weekends or evenings anyway, because it's busier. So I try and just for efficiencies purpose, try and go during weekdays and stuff. Um, So yeah, it happens. But Legoland was a lot. Yeah. Do you find yourself wanting to get out of the house more? You must spend a lot of time indoors. Um, I I enjoy it. Um, I do enjoy it. Obviously, it was nice particularly this last, this Fox video, being in the garden quite a lot. Um, but I do like being home, especially now where I've got so much to do. I want to make the rooms how I want them. I want to do these projects. Um, but yeah, it's a shame. I used to go on all these days out to film videos. Um, some re- I did some really cool stuff. I went all over the UK filming. Um, and now everything's, it's, it's a result of lockdown. Obviously I got, I developed a certain video style and then that's what got popular and I'm kind of stuck in that. Um, but I don't know, at some point I, the kind of you were saying last time the dream in the last sorry in the last podcast my dream was to have some kind of house and more space like in a couple of years i'd love some kind of ridiculous warehouse where i can make absolutely huge things and that would it, i think it would would be nice having some separate work place to go to but at the same time again i worry that will be uh have a negative impact on kind of spontaneity and creativity mm, um, right we all love being in your house yeah, yeah. it's the stuff. safety of your yeah. and plus i think everybody imagines wow what if that was my house yeah, yeah. i had this train running through it and all this stuff and the relatability yeah. i think exactly you look like a kind of guy who would also do dominoes if you had oh, a big no. space <laughs> um i will never do dominoes um really just fear of uh the work you've put in just going knocking them over <laughs> well you I know they put it. in like these stop areas where, where yeah, yeah. It, while they're building it so if it does happen it only destroys part of the thing but yeah they're yeah. talking one of long the, time. the main thing i remember from being on this podcast last time is i you asked like future plans and i said i really want to do a rube goldberg machine um and obviously a couple of and months you did. Up, i did and i loved it um <laughs> but i i had a domino section in that and it was right at the start of the machine what a stupid thing to do. I should have put it right at the end of the machine because every time anything went wrong, we had to reset up these dominoes and it took so long. And then the do- it wasn't just dominoes. They were balanced on like a really thin piece of wood. Um, it was, I have no idea why I did it that way. Um, <laughs> it was an absolute nightmare. But that, I spent eight weeks on that. Um, wow. It's such a cute video. It was, I yeah, loved it. It was yeah. really fun. Um, I was worried with that video because you've got some, you've got some people like, I don't know if you've seen Joseph's Machines videos. Um, they're mind-blowing. They're Rube Goldberg. He's obviously been doing it decades, and they are absolutely mind-blowing. Stuff happens that 
I cannot even fathom. He's, he's honestly, he's a creative genius. It's rare you watch anyone who's this good at something um, and something will go wrong. And then you'll think, oh no, but it was intended to go wrong. Um, I, it's a bad example, but like in, I'll just give a rough example. In one, uh, there's like, I think a, a jar of jam and something happens and it smashes and you think the machine's gone wrong. But then this dog comes in and starts licking up the jam and triggers a tripwire to then, and that's like part of it, it was meant to go wrong. And it, it just kind of, it's so playful and it plays with what you expect. And honestly, I don't think I could ever come close, but my point is I wanted to make sure my video had something unique and new that I wasn't just rehashing other people's things. So I had this idea of getting all the smart devices to talk to each other and trigger. Oh yeah. Um, so that was probably the bit of the video I'm kind of most proud of because um, I hadn't seen that done in it anywhere before and I wanted to do something new. Um, but that video was oh, a nightmare. Absolutely. That was, that was hilarious. I remember all, my whole family, we all watched that together. Mm. We were all <laughs> like, no way. Yeah. Describe what, exactly how that worked with the, the devices. Talk. It was, you had like Alexa and. Yeah. So um, the train hit something which made a marble fall off and go down a pipe to, and kind of forcefully press play on a CD player. And then the, on the CD, I'd recorded myself asking siri on my phone to call another phone then it called the other phone um and again that was that was meant to play with you play with your expectations because a lot of people seem to do in these rube goldberg videos they get a phone to ring another phone and that phone vibrates and sets off something else so i wanted people to expect it to vibrate um but instead it kind of went through the phone call and then the voicemail message was me asking i think amazon to do something or one of the other ones to do something. And then it went to another one and then eventually it asked Alexa to turn on a smart plug, um, which oh, there was a smart cat feeder involved as well, but it ended with the smart plug, which triggered a water pump, which filled a bucket with water, which displaced the weight of another one on a pulley. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like um, your reaction, I'm so glad you said that. You, you, you just said you were like, no way. That's what yeah. you want with the videos. Um, <laughs> it's surprising. It's, it's hard. You lose that perspective when you're making it for so long. You're like, is this even good anymore? Or does it just seem good? Because I've never seen one in person. And it kind of inherently seems remarkable. But like in the wider context of Rube Goldberg on YouTube, is it remarkable? Um, so that was a challenge. What's the feeling like when you are done and have to take it all apart? Uh, a lot of people ask this because they think I'm going to be so sad and... Uh, dejected take it all apart it's utter delight because um, like that that train one as well um i couldn't because it was holding like a glass of orange juice and a, a cereal bowl full of milk it couldn't have any slopes um so to be at the same height as my dining room table i had to build uh like supports for it the whole way around like a meter high the whole way around my house so uh we had to climb under everything and it was the most in the way a video's ever been um, so yeah, just utter delight taking it all apart. <laughs> is there, a, is there a proper way to take it apart? Do you like to smash it? Do you take it piece by um, piece? I keep there... all the wood, um, because obviously all the wood can be reused. Like the, all the train supports I, I, uh, built, I'm sure I'll use in something else. Um, and a lot of the time with my projects are all temporary. So it doesn't matter if the wood's a bit beaten up or full of holes. Um, I can just still use it. Um, Everything gets kept. Obviously, all the Lego gets kept. Um, that one barely had any Lego. Again, that was frustrating because, um, sorry, I'm, I'm going off on tangent, but it wasn't a Lego video. It purely just had a Lego train in it. But in yeah. branding it as a Lego video, obviously, it's going to get 10 times the views it otherwise would. 
Um, so I kind of almost wish I hadn't called it Lego or something. Um, but yeah, yeah, I take everything apart. Um, it's so much quicker taking stuff apart than building it, obviously. Um, but one of those machines in that video, everything in it for the orange juice, everything was orange in color. So I've got loads of weird orange objects all around my house. Now. <laughs> orange shoes, orange, everything. Did you have to take apart all those really big Lego sets, the Titanic and the Coliseum and all that? No, um, I, did, I deliberately uh, built that video here at my new house because now I've got a dedicated Lego room, if you can believe it. Um, so they're all still up there. Some of them I will take apart. Like, no offense if you or anyone listening is a Star Wars fan. I, I'm not really a fan of Star Wars and some of the big sets of Star Wars. Um, so I'm definitely going to take them apart. I don't really want them or anything. I'll use them for pieces. I'm not just going to, yeah. You yeah. got to get that warehouse. Oh, that's a, it's just a dream of like, obviously a Lego train video is inherently based on the, the restrictions, like the size you've got. But if you had just unlimited space to do any, oh, I, I can't even fathom some of the stuff I'd do if I had a warehouse. I, I'd love to build a Lego house, like a pro, because, um, I saw Mr. Beast has done it and some other guy, uh, I think his name's Unspeakable, did it. But they use Lego, they use non-Lego bricks, which are like uh, like bigger Too than plum. a normal brick. They're huge. They're like, uh, I'm doing this. I know no one's actually going to be watching. <laughs> what's that? About 20 centimeters by about 15 centimeters. So it's, it's cheating. It's just like um, stuff like that. And this this one guy who built a house, he, he built a, ha a house with actual wood structure and internal walls and stuff but then kind of clad it with Lego. Um, so I'd like to build an actual house out of actual Lego, but I was pricing it up the other day and to do, to make four walls, kind of two meters by two meters by two meters, it would cost 26 grand. Um, <laughs> wow. Like, I, I made an individual, like a, a brick sized brick out of Lego bricks. Cause I thought maybe if I did that and built with them, it'd be easier. And each brick came to 15 pounds, which is probably about 18, $19. When a normal brick, then I looked, it was 97 pence. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be like 15 pounds more expensive to build it out of Lego than out of real bricks. So I think that's definitely one for the future when I've got a few more subscribers. But um, that's like the end goal. I don't know if I could top that. That's like the logical conclusion of Lego videos, isn't it? Building a, a real house out of Lego. You've reached the, wow. like the top tier. Like That's there's it. no it's tier God higher. level. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate mm. that you come. We appreciate that you come on this podcast to set intentions like this. Clearly it works because you said you wanted a hat. <laughs> oh, there, hat. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> you said you wanted the Rube Goldberg, Rube Goldberg. So uh, we'll have you back on to talk about a factory and, oh, oh well, actually a whole bunch of other stuff, which mm. I would have loved to get to today. Oh, we're out of time already. It goes so quick <laughs> when you're just talking about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we got to see the Lego house next time. So I, I, I think that will be a few years, probably. Um, How yeah. do those guys oh. build it for the these these massive ones at Legoland? Are those hollow? Or oh no, they cheat. They've um, they've got a steel frame. Um, obviously, uh, they've they've got to be concerned with kind of health and safety as well of it actually falling over. Um, so it's got they use special glue. Um, mm. which kind of doesn't mark it or anything and a steel frame and then they give it like a UV coating so it doesn't fade in the sun um, mm. but they're cheating they're phonies <laughs> <laughs> Chris it was great having you on the show again we really appreciate you joining us well thanks very much it was a pleasure <laughs>